Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. All right, everybody. It's day 43 in the California stay-at-home quarantine. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I sprained my ankle. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I was... Uh, I have a like a basketball hoop outside my house, and uh, I had my nephews over, and we were playing a bit, and just it wasn't even during basketball. It was just coming back inside the house. I just landed on my foot wrong and had to go to the doctor and get x-rays and all that stuff, but thankfully, nothing broken, uh, just like a sprained ankle, but uh, yeah, just continuing to so, be clumsy. So, nothing broken, no, no surgery needed, no. just a, a bad sprain, just but this means that you you went to the doctor, you said. I did. Were you just like petrified of like even stepping near? Did you go to like a doc, a ER, or urgent care? Where did you go? Yeah, so I just went to urgent care, and um, the thing is, like, this is I'm in LA in San Fernando, but um, so with urgent care over here is when I got there, um, I had actually my sister drive me to urgent care because I couldn't drive, and the there was nurses outside like with the table, like folded mm-hmm. table. And I couldn't even get out of my car until they took my temperature. Um, wow. You know, they asked me questions like if I was out of the country, you know, if I had a fever, just stuff like that before I was even allowed to go inside. And um, lucky for me, like, there was no one in urgent care that day or that at that time. So I, I was, like, seen, like, no problem. But, yeah, like, right. they're taking everything uh, with the highest precautions. So, yeah, I was just really scared to go anywhere near there. <laughs> No, I totally get it, man. I went to the grocery store this morning, and and at my particular—I don't know if this is every grocery store, but at this one that I went to today, it was like you're not even allowed to go in there unless you're wearing a mask. Like so, yeah. I, even then, I'm still like a little like freaked freaked out to be around people just because it's like in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, does he have it? Like, there's no way of knowing. So, well, that sucks that you had to go through that, man. But at least you know, no surgery, at least no broken bone, at least you know you got that, at least. I mean, if it's going to happen, I guess right now is probably the and, best time. I could stay and home, like, you're so. not like, yeah, you're not tempt- tempted to go outside. You're probably less tempted to go outside right now since you probably don't want to use crutches or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's, No, yeah, I mean, it's extremely hot over here, so I don't want to go yeah. outside anyway. It's been hot. It's been very hot. Um, and, and we've seen it throughout the country. Um, we'll, th- we'll have a main topic today, but we always like to start off with the latest and no one's done a podcast here for a few days. So we'll talk about what's happening with the Lakers, uh, with this current quarantine lockdown thing. Um, in Los Angeles, the stay at home order is through May 15th. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be over at May 15th, but that's the date that they've given Los Angeles County. You live there. I don't live there. We've never actually had a date in San Diego County. It's been open-ended. They're not even trying to play with us. It's like, we'll let you know. Either way, in LA, it's May 15th. The NBA has announced that, and this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, that they are allowing teams to open facilities back up on May 8th, which is next Friday. So that doesn't match up with the Lakers order because they can't are not supposed to leave their houses um, until May 15th. So a new report today by Dave McMenamin said that the Lakers have been talking to LA County officials about loosening the restrictions uh, to see if they can get started as well earlier, a week earlier. Uh, so that's the latest where we're at. Obviously, there is a lot of details in the plan about how many people can be 
in you know obviously it's no team activity it's individual workouts four players max but that's kind of where we're at right now with the nba's facilities are going to be opening back up next week yeah i mean do you think this is like the first kind of sign of hope that the season could continue or is this kind of just uh i don't know Uh, it's either i I mean i I feel like it's like i'm optimistic that the playoffs will maybe happen but um it's just been so long it feels like before we've got any kind of like update in terms of the nba where we're at Mm -hmm. and like if the players can't even you know work out together like a team-wide workout it's just i I don't know like i I, i'm cautiously hoped optimistic but like you know i don't think this is a a good sign it is a sign um that they're going to they're always we're going to try no matter what um but even adam silver said earlier this month he's like i i'm not in a position to to really say what we're going to do when we're going to do it how we're going to do it i'm not you know we're not doing anything until may 1st that's why i said this is according to adrian wajnarowski not according to the nba um so that's this friday is may 1st so we'll see exactly if adam silver comes out publicly and says something um i i know that the nba is going to try everything in its power to get the season going again um i've said it last week or two weeks ago i'm very comfortable in saying that i don't think we'll be in arenas watching them play um this year but i do think the nba is going to try everything they're the really them and the nhl are really it it really screwed them up the most because at least baseball didn't even start you know like there's nothing to there's nothing happening there um with basketball you're literally 15 games away from the playoffs which we should be, I think, in the second round by be, now. Yeah, we would be in the playoffs right now. <clears throat> so it's. I think the NBA has to try and find a way to do it. I think their roster size uh, helps them because, you know, they don't have 53 players on their team. They have 15, and sometimes it's 12. It just really depends. But, yeah, I, I find it as an encouraging sign that they're going to try. Do you, did you think the same thing, like that they were always going to try, or did you for a while think that this season's over? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I thought that was like, my gut reaction was yeah like that's it like that's the season but you know as the weeks went on i was hopeful like i was just optimistic that maybe there's a chance because i heard like the different plans like either vegas or some type of deal where all the teams can kind of be secluded in one little area and they can play but um i mean if we get closer to things like actual workouts and uh people can like the players can go back to their uh training facilities all that stuff then yeah i mean i think it's a chance i'm just still kind of uh I'm still a little like pessimistic in terms of like the odds at this point, but hopefully with more time that passes, um, things look better. And I definitely, I just, I selfishly want to see a playoff series just because the mm-hmm. Lakers are doing so well. But uh, yeah, until all the precautions are taken care of, I'm just, just wait and see. Yeah, when when it comes to do with the Lakers too, it's it's a lot of the players, if not all of the players, were already tested at some point because four of them did test positive. Um, we don't know which ones yet. Um, I don't think the late, I think Frank Vogel said the coaching staff didn't get tested. I do think that at some point the, the league will require a lot more testing to be available to the public before we even get back to something, because that's kind of the constant that I've read. No commissioner wants to, uh, kind of have that that PR of selfishness kind of the PR move of looking selfish if they're testing their players every day and the public doesn't have access to testing. But we've seen in LA County testing being ramped up 
And maybe that's why cases are still going up in L.A. County, because now more and more people are being tested daily. Um, so I, I think there's obviously with the, it's like the most obvious thing. There's a lot that has to happen before we get basketball back. But I do my biggest concern as of right now with things opening up slowly again is you keep reading about the second wave. Right. And when it comes to the NBA, I think if, you know, one to two or three more players test positive, that might be the end. I, I, I if if they open facilities back up at a small rate, you know, four players at a time, one coach in there, um, they have health officials in the office. I think that it if another player tests positive, I, that would probably be the end of the season, I think. I yeah, I mean, uh, if they were to open things back up and just, I think it's just one player. That's all it takes. Like yeah, the minute we heard Gobert, like I thought, like immediately we just kind of like traced the steps that he, every stadium he was in, every teammate, every other player he interacted with, fans. It's just all it takes is just one, and I think that's I think why they're trying to be so careful and why, like I still think um, we're not entirely too close for it, them returning, but. Um, I mean, hopefully, again, because like obviously, we're all selfishly missing sports and all that stuff. But yeah, it just takes one more player to test positive, or that's it. Yeah, like if one more mm-hmm. test positive, I I think they just need to shut it down and wait yeah. till next season. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I just think that's the way it's going to go. It, they they canceled the season immediately after when one player did it. Yeah, and if another one tests positive, even during practice, I don't see how they'll be like okay, like it, it, especially in this early stages. Because then if you, have, if you start doing team workouts and you start doing all that stuff, I don't see how the NBA could even continue. And I also think that if the NBA opens workouts and a player tests positive, that's probably a bad sign for, for baseball. You know, because baseball has yeah. this, like, grand plan of, of, you know, well, the latest is now, like, three divisions, ten teams in each division, and uh, no travel, just, like, only, only on the – so, so everybody has a plan. Um, I think each league trying – is going to be helpful. I just think the NBA is in a bad position because they're in the middle of the season. If, you know, baseball can maybe never get started this year, who knows? So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see and hopefully, you know, I, I don't know if the antibody test is the thing is the way to go. Listen, we're all trying to be scientists right now, right? Everyone's <laughs> everyone's reading everything as much as you can to stay to keep your family yourself and your family safe. Um, so who knows, maybe if antibody testing becomes widespread and we know who's already had it, because that seems to be the new trend, especially in California, is that it may have been here a lot sooner than we thought. And, and a lot of people may have already had it. So that could be a game changer. So we'll see what happens. But I do think that obviously in Georgia, the state's pretty much opened up. Uh, if something drastic happens in Georgia, who knows? So we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But it's, it, I think it's an encouraging sign for the season that they're even trying to do it right now. And, as, and it's still early, so we'll see what happens. No, yeah, I totally agree. All right, so the main topic of our episode this week is not about us being pretending to be scientists and talking about coronavirus because no one really knows. Um, we're going to talk about... Um, and you came up with the idea again. You've been so good at coming up with ideas, man. I've been so blanked out sometimes <laughs> uh, just trying to uh, – I do a daily show, and it's already kind of – and we talk about anything we want. And sometimes you're just like, there's really no sports happening. Mm-hmm. We, w- the last dance has been freaking awesome. Uh, and and there's a report – I don't know if you saw it – that Kobe had a camera crew follow him for his yeah. final season. Like a lot of camera crew. So there could – who knows when that would come out. But uh, you came up with the idea of – 
top games, top Laker games mm-hmm. that you wish you were there in person? Yeah, so I don't know if you've heard, uh, being from San Diego, but Laker games are really expensive. I don't know if you know that. I know. I grew up. I grew up there. I I know how expensive they are. <laughs> so, like, as someone who's been in LA all their life, like, I haven't been to that many games in general. I think I've only been to maybe like a handful or less, just because you know my parents couldn't afford them, or just mm-hmm. it's it's tough. Like, uh, yeah, they're expensive. I mean, they're expensive, especially if the Lakers are good. They're very expensive. Yeah, and like during my, you know, growing up, my adolescence, the Lakers were always good. So uh, I just came up with like, if I can go back and somehow have the money to attend these like highlight games, which games would I pick? So I thought it was fun for us to kind of come up with a couple. And uh, do you want to start? And like we always do, we never tell each other what we're going to pick. I do have three games. Okay. You said you pick three games. We don't have to talk about all six because I think there might be a little bit of crossover here. I'm guessing so. I, I didn't go very obscure this week. I kind of. I did it. There's not going to be any like Mark Madsen scored 27 <laughs> points this week. Uh, Calderon shot seven threes this game. Like, you know, it's not going to be any tempted, of that. But yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll start because I I I think anyone who's a true Laker fan of this generation, specifically maybe people in our age group, I think the number one game, and maybe I'm wrong, the number one game that people would have loved to have been to in person was Kobe's 60 final point final game that's like to me I, I I watched every second of pregame and postgame on television I watched the game it was a good game they came back Kobe had a game winner he hit game winning free throws it was everything that you would want of a farewell um, but just being there just seemed like a grand celebration that I wish I would have been there for yeah and I I mean you know after Kobe's passing like they re-aired his that final game and um yeah, I mean, I remember watching it live, obviously, like everyone else, and just watching it again. It was insane, like, just because Kobe was, uh, I believe, didn't play that many games that year. I think he had just come back from his injury, and um, he was going to play that last game. And to see him kind of put that performance on and kind of channel this, like, past his prime Kobe to do all this, like he mm-hmm. always does, it was just insane to see him go out the way he did. Just the perfect kind of storybook ending to his career that... Um, I think we all knew, like, that's just what Kobe does. Like, it's he's like a movie. Like, he's like a movie action star that we know yeah. he's going to come through at the end. And, of course, he did. And it was. Just and to like, know that there was a camera crew there now, like, I want to see what they got. You know, I want to see the drive to Staples Center. Mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, the, the closed locker room door, what they had going on. Because I think uh, Larry Nance Jr. was the one that was talking about it. And I was like, dude, they were everywhere all the time. So... There's something just about the way, like how many people get to finish like that. I know it didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, uh, but just to go out with a performance like that, like the only that really I could only think of. Well, obviously Jordan ended up coming back with the Wizards, but like Derek Jeter hit a walk off in his final game. Yeah, it was a single. You know. Yeah, but yeah. Like he had his moments, but Jeter that was one that was pretty close. I mean, for baseball, that's pretty close. You had a walk off game winning hit. That's, it, unless it was a home run, that's as close as it can get. So, yeah, Kobe to go out like that. And it just seemed like to celebrate. Like, no one was sad that Kobe was retiring because we all knew it was time. So it was just it was like one final just view of the greatness that he had all his whole career. Yeah, and like you're, like you brought up Jordan. Like, as like, we were all watching this, the, the final dance and that stuff like that, it's like I can't think of any other player who has that kind of aura or like this mythos around him where he's kind of transcends just being a basketball player. He's more like a 
like an urban myth and i think mm -hmm. kobe's kind of always been that and yeah that final game just added on to that mystique he has to him and that's why i think that documentary whatever does come out i think it's gonna be very similar to this jordan one where we hear all these players kind of sharing these stories and that, that's kind of what i'm most excited about is hearing more of these kobe stories like from his past teammates and his coaching staff because we know he has all these probably insane stuff we haven't even heard about I wonder if it's aired in 20 years, like the last dance is 20 years later. I wonder if Kobe's thing is aired in 20 years. Like, who are they going to interview that's going to steal the show, like Carmen oh, Electra? Man. Like, I wonder if it's like someone <laughs> like D'Angelo or like one of those young guys on the team, like, or like Clarkson. Yeah. Who had to, like, he, they just played with Kobe or like, yeah. oh God, or maybe like Byron Scott or something. I don't know. I was wondering, like, is there like a celebrity that, like, who was like hot back then that's hot now, like Carmen mm -hmm. Electra? That thing, like, she just went immediate trend, you know, on Twitter. As soon as she came on screen, you're like, whoa, Carmen Electra. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> like, it's it's funny. But, like, yeah, or, like, I just wish that Kobe would be here to talk about that stuff, too. But yeah. that, that might that's going to give it a whole different feel that he won't be. Mm -hmm. um, because Jordan is so good in it. Jordan's just so good and He's so great. honest. And the more whiskey that he has next to him, the better. <laughs> And his so, eyes, his, his eyes, eyes are all bloodshot. Yeah, it's great, dude. It's so great. And I mean, to talk about the rivalry uh, with Isaiah Tom, you know what I mean? It's so yeah. good. It's so good. But all right, that's my first game. Did Was that on your list? It actually wasn't. Oh, interesting. So, but I'll go with another Kobe one since we're, we're doing Kobe one so far. I good. picked his 81 game. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I have, my uncle actually is kind of fortunate enough to go to a lot of Laker games. He was a... Uh, uh, he had a lot he had season tickets i think around that time and he gave that that game away like he gave those tickets away to like a family member that night because he couldn't make it and he till this day he still talks about like how much he regrets that decision like, <laughs> i can imagine the man. one game he didn't go to i think that year was that one just because i think it was, i think it was against toronto and toronto wasn't that great that year and the lakers but it was like a close play. game too yeah, well the lake people forget the lakers were losing that game yeah and it, it took Kobe to, like, drop 81 to just win that game. And yeah. uh, if you go back and rewatch that game, it's just, like, contestant jumper after contestant jumper. Just insanely hard shots. And he was just, like, on another level that night. I, I mean, I can't imagine watching another performance like that in my lifetime. Like, just to see someone that in the zone for that long. And to kind of, he definitely, like, he just wills his team to that win. Like, they had yeah. no right to win that game. But Kobe just dragged that entire team of smush parker and chris mayhem and Tommy brown <laughs> to that win and i it's just an incredible experience i got to see like through my tv that night. i wish i could see it live yeah i uh i watched every i watched that whole game too I, and and this is when i still lived up there in la it was it was it was just such a great great night of just like what am i watching right now yeah like there's literally nobody else is worth a shit on this court right now for the <laughs> lakers like nobody and they they scored 122 points in the game. Kobe, Kobe scored 81. You know what I mean? Like, there was only 31 other points out there that night. <laughs> or something. I think I did the math wrong. But there's not a lot of other points out there right now. It was insane. And he did it on a pretty uh, effective night of shooting. Yeah. I was looking at the stats. 28 of 46 shooting, 7 of 13 from 3, 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Like, that's really good, you know? Um, it's like LeBron, Anthony Davis's last game. I'm just looking at it against the Clippers was that was like the last almost the last game they played Anthony Davis scored 30 points on 20 shots so you know 
double the shots and more points. It's it's just a very impressive game by Kobe. I mean, obviously impressive game. And then the commercial that he did with Jalen Rose after. Yeah. That's just it. Just adds to it too. Like that's a really good one. I kind of even forgot about. How did I forget about that one? <laughs> that's the thing with Kobe. Like there's like somehow that performance. Like I although it's like a huge like landmark thing for him. It does kind of just. I don't know like he has all these different little moments that we can point mm-hmm. to in, in terms of his career art i just hope that documentary does kind of touch on all those little things and not see now i'm just excited about this documentary yeah <laughs> i think we've i think once i saw it i was like oh god please bring that out like now during this quarantine yeah after the last dance just keep going um but yeah that's a that's a really really good one all right let's see if we let's see if we both have this one okay 2000 western conference finals the shack lob uh, yeah, I have this one too. Okay, cool. So obviously, uh, if I was 13 at the time, uh, I'm sure you were a little younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the memory is there, but the details like I forgot about. You know, I looked it up. Down 16 points with 10 minutes left. Um, this is game. This was trying to set up a game seven, right? No, this was game seven. This was game seven. Yeah. Um, and they ended the game on a 29-9 run, yeah. punctuated by the alley oop, and just the the. I remember watching it and like just it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I don't know if Shaq wasn't on screen or if just the highlight they always show Shaq's not on screen. And I remember him pointing up, and it was like, it was just the moment. You know, it wasn't even the game. It was just that moment. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how wild it would be to be in the Staples Center for that. Just that's like sometimes games become great because of one moment not because of the whole thing this is this is a this is a great comeback yes this is a game seven yes of the western finals um but it just sometimes moments make the event and that moment right there will just be something that's burned in my mind that alley was just so sick yeah and it that's why it can it just keeps playing in every in every of those finals preview packages and abc it's always there and yeah, like you said, they were down 16 with 10 minutes left. And people forget the Lakers had a 3-1 series lead in that series. Yeah. And then Portland just came back and were up 16, like you mentioned, in the fourth quarter. And just an insane run to end the game and uh, capped off with that alley-oop. And just, yeah, I mean, I I miss those 2,000 teams a lot. Like, I, as we talked about earlier, we were going to do this episode. So I started kind of going back and watching some highlights of that, that era and just how much fun they were and how good they were and how competitive those games were and that that trailblazers team was tough and people forget like the lakers like i know we talked about like again going back to this jordan documentary they shut a lot of teams out from winning championships but so did that lakers team like that blazers team could have won a championship the sacramento Kings. so i'm gonna talk about soon uh they definitely would have won at least one or two i think the lakers didn't get in the way and that just speaks volumes to how good that team was what's crazy when you when you when 20 years go by, which is that 20 years ago, the Lakers started that first three-peat, you kind of forget that it wasn't always easy no. to win the title. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't. I mean, I think they had that one year where didn't they only, like, lose one game in the playoffs or something? I think it was more like the Western Conference was which just is easy. Bad. The East was pretty bad. But. Yeah. But, but, but if you go back and, like, Maybe in 20 years from now, yeah, the Warriors won a lot, but there were so many close games, and there were so many moments, there were so many shots that like were the deciding factor. 
and yeah, they won three in a row. They went to four championships in a row, but it was never really that easy. And that's one of the games where you just, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like the Blazers kind of were there, you know, and the, the yeah. Kings, well, I'm sure I, I think I know where you're going next with the Kings game. So, um, yeah, that, that moment just is, is probably honestly for the Lakers, it's probably like a top three moment of the organization. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, yeah, I mean, this organization has, has had so many moments, but it's hard to top that one. Like that's yeah. just, I think that just sums up that entire era of Lakers basketball, that Kobe to Shaq and that yeah. call. I can you just, you can just hear it without even like watching video. It's just, yeah. Like you said, it's kind of burned into LA's mind at this point. And it was just the beginning of the new era, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah Kobe and Shaq have been together. Uh, Phil Jackson got there, but this was like, the beginning like this was the first championship for kobe the first championship for Shaq, and uh it, it, it just really started the the new the new dynasty it's crazy that you mentioned that like like you said this was game seven imagine if they didn't go on that run if they mm-hmm. lost that series would this dynasty have actually happened like would they have made changes like it's crazy to think about how that run in that fourth quarter kind of set all these different things into motion that like what if the blazers just held on and won that game yeah like it's it's crazy to think about like what like could have been or what not could have been if that if that didn't happen but yeah Dude, if, if you did. had to if you had to i i, I just clicked back on the uh, nba 1999 nba finals and i don't know why i, I did that but i had no memory of the oh, knicks God. playing the spurs in 1999 i was gonna NBA say finals. i don't even know who was in that final <laughs> <laughs> like i i could have sworn that that I think I for some reason in my head it went Bulls Lakers but yeah there was another year in between yeah. and it was the year the Spurs won with Tim Duncan and David Robinson no that's right yeah and it was the New York Knicks Jeff Van Gundy wow all right yeah all right what's the next game you got all right so I'm not sure if you have this one I, I think you might but so it's game four another Western Conference Finals this is 2002 and this is against the Kings who they've mm-hmm. had this great rivalry with and uh this is kind of like in the midway, you know, this, I, I looked, I watched the last about two minutes of this game. Cause I forgot a lot about what happened, uh, and before that final Ori shot happened. But, uh, mm-hmm. there are some crazy stuff that happened in this last minute and a half. So the Lakers were down sick. I I'm just going to read you what happened in this last minute and a half. Okay. Okay. So they were down four and then with like about like a minute 40 left and Turkaloo hits this kind of, crazy mid-range jumper over kobe and it puts him up six and the king's bench is going crazy because it's hard to come back after a six point deficit with like a minute and a half left and then ori hits a corner three so he hits a corner three to cut the lead in half so that's that's one huge that's a huge shot already as mm-hmm. it is vladi comes back and hits another hits a mid-range jumper and puts him up five kobe hits an insane floater to cut it to three again Doug Christie miss, misses an open three. Shaq gets the rebound. They give him they give him the ball in the post. He gets hacked. Shaq hits both free throws with about ten seconds left. They foul Vladi, and poor Vladi. This last ten seconds is gonna haunt him probably forever. I know, man. So Vladi goes to the line. He has a chance to put them up three, which is that's that's huge. He splits the free throws. He misses the first, makes the second, and then. The infamous stuff that happens here so kobe you know drives with about eight seconds left misses a floater shaq gets the rebound 
misses the tip in, and then Vladi tips the ball back right to wide open Robert Ori, who makes the game winning three and and just ties the series. That's not the game winning, right? But game. that the, just ties the series. But that's like the momentum shift right there because you could the Kings could have gone up three to one exactly, and so, going back to Sacramento, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, who knows? Again, it's like these moments, like you yeah. mentioned. Like, what could have been if Ori, if Flotty didn't tip it, just tipped it, or just caught it, or just tipped it to a teammate, or just made both free throws. <laughs> just insane turn of events in that final minute and a half, and clutch shot after clutch shot. Like, Robert Ori corner three, like, will mm-hmm. not get talked about because of the one he hits to win the game, but that was just as big, and an insane Kobe floater and clutch Shaq free throws. Just that... I, I'm always going to love those series against the Kings, like in terms of rivalries, like that's what I grew up with. I wasn't really around for the Celtics Lakers era. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for it. I've watched a lot of those games and love that, but the Kings and Lakers kind of built my fandom, I think. And those series and, and those players have kind of always uh, stuck with me. In that same game, uh, Robert Ory also dunked on Vladi Divac with <laughs> yes. his left hand. Oh, poor Vladi. <laughs> How much do you think Vladi Divac hates the Lakers, dude? Like, he's got to have, like, I know, like, he was great for the Lakers, and I think he was in Space Jam during the Lake, when he was a Laker, I think, but... He was, yeah. But, like, dude, they traded you for Kobe. Kobe. (laughs) And then you you guys have that, like, you can never pass him in the playoffs, and, oh, man, I don't know. And then now he's, like, the executive for the Kings, and, you know, it's just, like, I don't feel bad for Vladi, but I kind of feel bad for Vladi. That's that's a tough like last yeah. thirty seconds, and he was such a good player. Yeah, and, and I, I, think I, I have, forget that. I have no rec- rec- like no memory of what happened in game five, six, or seven of that series. I, I, I know that the Lakers won. Yeah, <laughs> but man, yeah, that what a moment. Yeah, yeah, honestly, dude. Then it's that infamous video of the top corner of Staples Center, and Hori makes that shot, and then everyone just like jumps or is already up, but everyone's yeah. hands go up. You know, just awesome. Awesome. All right, yeah, I my last post game, uh, Shaq thanked uh, Robert Horry's parents for meeting because because <laughs> of that they were able to you know create this moment and uh, yeah just insane insane reaction to that. All right, my final one is 2010, so not that long ago. Uh, game seven, the Lakers beat the Celtics. Yeah, uh, I just want to see Paul Pierce cry in person. <laughs> <laughs> dude i i that was an ugly game i know it was very ugly and it was i think it was like what was the final score 81 it was like very low scoring yeah um 83 79 um but i think the lakers also came back in that game yeah they did Uh and sasha vujic Vujic was making free throws like at the end of the game uh rondo was just hucking threes up um (laughs) Uh, Gasol, I just—it's another moment. I know this is like a very big moment because it's Game Seven NBA Finals. But when Odom chucked the ball across the court and like Kobe ran it down and it was over, and they just and they won mm-hmm. their fifth or Kobe won his fifth and he jumped on the table and he's like, you know, yelling five five. Um, it just makes it better because it was against the Celtics because of the history of the organization because of the the Celtics beat them two years prior. So Lakers made three finals in a row, won two of the three. Um, it it just made it so much better that it was against the Celtics because like I think a lot of teams were expecting the Celtics to be in it, not the Magic the next year when they won. They didn't. The Magic made it. Lakers beat the Magic and then they beat the Celtics. So um, it was just 
a great, great moment. And I know we keep bringing the last dance up. Um, I think I tweeted it. Well, I know I tweeted it. The when Mad- Michael Jordan broke his foot in the first or second episode, and he got carried off exactly like Paul Pierce got carried off when he <laughs> shit himself uh, in the wheelchair game. And I was like, that's why you get carried off because you have a broken foot, not because yeah. you freaking shit yourself, Paul Pierce. So I just I just got this hatred to, towards the Celtics, man. I mean, I, I don't have the Celtics Larry Bird magic memories. I just know, like you, I have a lot of, I've read a lot about it. I've watched a lot about it. Obviously, the, they, they talk about it all the time. Um, it's just something about Boston sports that I don't like mm-hmm. and the Celtics being on top of that list. So I wish I could have been there for that one. Um, and it's weird, man. Like, look at us. We're, this is our fifth moment we're talking about, and this is the first championship moment we're talking about. How spoiled are we? I know. That's crazy. And then we also got the Ron Artest Meta World Peace don't shoot, and then he makes it yep. shot in that game. So just uh, insane, insane moment. And then he gets the, the famous post game where he's shouting out Queensbridge and just mm-hmm. thinking his therapist and uh, another just historic game. And, oh, God, that game was so stressful. Like, I was, we watched, like, they re-aired it the other night, and I was watching it, and just how ugly it was. Like you said, they were losing that game, and they couldn't get any offense going. And then there was this big, I think, pal, like, I don't know how you explain it. It was almost like a little, like, hook floater that went mm-hmm. in that was huge, and just, he was really big that game. Fisher hit a big three that game. Just a big team performance. Kobe did not have a good shooting game that night. No, he did not, yeah. But he had, it like I think, like, 15 something like rebounds and he just did everything else he needed to do to win and just like you said sasha hit those two clutch free throws and just a huge team effort and like you said them beating the celtics just made it 10 times better yeah for sure uh did you pick this one too or no you have another one no that was it because we shared the uh game okay cool yeah dude yeah it's uh there's so many moments to choose from right about what you would like to be there um, I didn't even look at any of the road victories. I, I feel like being on the road for like a big, big moment like that's even maybe even a little better because it's not at home. So you get to like rub it in a little so bit. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, what yeah. about like point four, like that Fisher shot? Yeah, the point four. I, I wonder, like, I was like, would I get beat up though? Like, since I'm right. in San Antonio. Right. I don't think San Antonio is going to beat you up, but <laughs> other, pla- other places might. Yeah, that, but, that yeah, was another awesome. one I, I was. I, I remember I I wasn't watching that game. Like, I wasn't home. I was at my sister's... Again, I'm always going to remember this. I was at my sister's birthday dinner or lunch because it was an early game, I think. And I was checking my phone because I had, like, ESPN update where it just shows you, like, each possession. And um, back then, it doesn't show you per second. So it's either one second or mm-hmm. zero seconds. There's no point right. four. So as I got the alert... It said the Spurs were up with zero seconds left because Duncan hit that insane shot over Shaq that people are going to forget because the Fisher shot. But Duncan put them up with point four, and it just showed <laughs> the Spurs up with zero seconds left. So I'm like, shit, the Spurs won. Yeah. And, but then I like checked my phone like an hour later and showed the Lakers won. I thought it was a mistake, and I saw the highlights. I'm like, shit, I can't believe I missed this. But yeah, just insane, insane Fisher shot. Just another clutch performance. Another one lakers yeah history we could have gone back and like pick like fights too yeah just just <laughs> moments like not even moments. games just kind of like oh that would been cool to see like that fisher yeah. i mean not fisher uh fox christie fight yeah preseason yeah. yeah 
I got a lot of Lakers preseason under my belt for some reason. They come to San Diego. They come to San Diego every year. So I, yeah, I got to sit behind their bench a couple times and uh, and see them here in person. I've I've been to Staples Center. I don't know, probably like ten or fifteen times. I don't, mm-hmm. But it's not as often now because of the commute for myself. But uh, yeah, I mean this this would have been such a. I was really trying to get there before the season ended this year to go see LeBron and Anthony. And before the playoff price is picked up. Um, Gosh. So hopefully we get that chance next year. But this was fun, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the Throwdowns, your newsletter, sign up. Yeah, throwdowns.substack. I'm working on a Lakers thing right now. So another Lakers piece coming out. Uh, at Alex M. Regla is your Twitter. At Alex Padilla 86 is my Twitter. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple, uh, whatever you use, to check this podcast out every time there's a new episode, which during the, the coronavirus isn't every day like it normally is, but it's a lot. So we'll be back next week, um, and we'll see where the – we'll see if the NBA is going to be open next week because that's kind of the way it's going like we talked about earlier. Alex, I uh, stay healthy. Uh, fix that ankle. And we'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Thanks, man.